0: generation we got dedication we are parenting for liberation it's a new generation we got dedication. Okay. Good morning. This is Trina Green Brown with Parents of Liberation. I'm here with the wonderful Tiffany Lanois, my good friend. She is a sociology professor at West Los Angeles College. And we met when we were both almost for like seven months pregnant, just like full on out there and head into <laughs> um, yoga, breathing classes. And then we. Our babies met each other, and um, they're born a month apart. And we yeah. went to uh, mommy and me yoga classes with the little ones, and then oh, we did! I swim. forgot about that. Yeah, we went to YMCA swim classes with the little ones. We were just you we know, did. Our babies have been together since pre-birth, um, and we have moved slightly apart. We live in Los Angeles, which is huge, and so. She moved on the west side, I moved all the way to the east, and we don't see each other as much as we can, or should, but birthdays, we're going to fix True. that, but we're yes. going to fix that and get better, but I'm so excited to have you on the call to talk um, with us, because you know, you are someone that I go to all the time to talk about all kinds of shit, and, um, <laughs> and Thanksgiving is coming up, and I was like, on Facebook, I was like, who? is talking to their kids right. about Thanksgiving and colonialism in a particular way, specifically talking to black kids about it. And yes. and of course, someone else tagged you. And I was like, that's oh,
1: yeah. so funny. <laughs> I was
0: like, of course, <laughs> Tiffany Loma. And then Tiffany's like, me, me.
1: <laughs> right. right. And like, I do it all the
0: time. <laughs> every day. Um, every so day, yeah, so let's get into it. Welcome. I did a whole long intro for you. I'm sorry. I just rambled because I'm so excited to talk to you. <laughs>
1: all good. Thank you for having me. It is a pleasure to be here.
0: Welcome. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You are officially welcome. Um, So so let's get into it. Let's talk. First of all, can you introduce your own self? Like I left out all of your whole other pieces of your identity. Can you introduce yourself? Um, I often ask people to share their parenting identity, which could be very broad and include all the other pieces of your life.
1: Oh, wow. Now we're getting all deep. Mm, um so right (laughs) um I don't I don't really know how I identify myself as a parent I guess I never thought of it in like a formal way but I try to come from um an approach that emphasizes like modeling I'm a big believer that we have to model the things that we want to see our kids do um, so I try to, you know, be all the things that I like, the, all the traits and characteristics that I'd like my son to have. I try to be that to model it for him. Um, I think of myself as a, a open parent, um, open in terms of like discussion, um, creating a safe space for my son to feel like he can talk about you know, whatever he would like to and not be judged and not be punished for it. And um, I try to also be fun, have that element as well, um, and play with my son and hang out with him and make sure that we have um, a good friendship as part of our relationship as well.
0: Mm, yeah, that all resonates. I've seen and bear witness to Tiffany doing all of that and I was uh-huh. I was so tickled when you were like um I let him talk about whatever he wants to talk about and I was just remembering as a kid his favorite topic to talk about mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. poop
1: yeah <laughs> very he was very into poop he yeah, had yeah. rap songs all about stage. it
0: yeah yep. it was just like a thing and into it, was like, it yeah I was like okay you know this is really cool <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. Do you remember when he wanted to see his butthole? <laughs> no. But he, did
0: you to figure got a way to help him with the mirror or something?
1: Yeah, yeah. I put a mirror on the floor, you know, and then had him stand over it and tell you know, spread your teeth. Look, there it is. And he saw it, and then he was able to move on with his day. But He got very curious about it. And I think it, I didn't even, you know, think about why did he want to see it, but I think it stems from... Assassination with poop. Yeah, <laughs> he's so, like, "Well, where is it coming from? What's happening here?"
0: Right, exactly. Um, yeah, and I just love the like, okay, well, let's figure it out and let's see it. You know, um, right style of parenting. It's it's helpful, especially when we think about like body autonomy and safety mm-hmm. and about your body parts and like, yeah, you know, that fact that you have a butthole and it's not something else and you don't call it something else. Like smil- similar like conversations with kids around like, um like our genitalia and all of that stuff like a lot of right cheaper, like we don't talk about that it's you know private but yeah the way that we make it safe is by actually talking about it so i, I exactly I yeah.
1: yeah and we don't use we don't use terms like private parts or pp or you know it's like yeah. penis vagina penis. Exactly. vulva testicles balls those are your balls He was like what are these what's this under here that's your testicles. People commonly call them balls because feels they've got balls. And he's like, Oh wow, this me.
0: <laughs> exactly. We gotta know our own body. Um, so yeah, that that is your parenting identity. And then also, I don't know if you want to name like how old is your child, your child's name, if you feel comfortable. Oh sure, yeah.
1: <laughs> so yeah, my son's name is Asa and he'll be nine years old next month. He's in the third grade and he is obsessed currently with basketball. He plays in two different leagues. He plays basketball in his room. We have like a little indoor um, (laughs) basket hoop. He plays basketball video games. Um, So it's a, a huge part of his interest and his kind of identity. So I've also become this like basketball mom like he's on these two different teams so we have two practices two games every week we drive we're driving around there's not necessarily something that I saw for myself when I thought of you know who I was going to be as a parent but we've kind of turned into these basketball parents too which is a whole nother side of myself like at the games I'm like yelling and loud it's like oh I didn't even know this was in me so Mm. that's what parenthood does it like brings stuff out of you you didn't even know it was there
0: <laughs> and remember we started basketball together and then you bailed on us <laughs> I did I did
1: I told my son I said oh it's over now and it was not over <laughs> and we
0: were still going I was texting you hey where are you you know that basketball right. they were like three years old they had no idea what they were doing it was just no idea. running around yeah Googling. parents didn't want to pass the ball to anybody because it was mine, mine. exactly <laughs>
1: I remember when they were supposed to be shooting and people would be blocking this, like, get out of my way. I can't shoot. It's like, no, that's the point. Like, that's our defense.
0: Terrence was like, I'm not throwing the ball until you put your hands down.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, get out of my way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah see, like, yeah. years later, Asa goes back to the same, right? It was the same um, – the why right same
1: uh-huh the why yeah to
0: see him really doing it terrence was like after that i never want to do it again um right and now he's right. back full on and so yeah it's cool to see that that like transition and growth over time because you were like i right he quit you know it's right. over early for us we don't have it's no over <laughs> yeah like
1: waking up saturday to do this i was like Mm-mm. but you know once
0: he he's showed
1: yeah a real interest in it and you know then it's like okay I'm, I'm gonna support you we're gonna do this
0: yeah now letting, I'm gonna get up. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> letting them choose and like them lead what their extracurriculars are is really important. yeah and I learned because Terrence is not into much of like any organized sports
1: yeah mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you know
0: that makes some people in his family who really you know, dig that kind of stuff. Mm, start to kind of right. All the other kids have like cute little uniforms and stuff. And I was like, right. I have had Terrence try several, right. you know, like he did right. basketball. I'm not into it. He did. Um, right. Well, you know, at least we do one season finish it out like you want to do it again he's like it was cool not interested no so that's not his thing and I'm just like okay and so we do music and he'll do a music class and he'll finish yeah and that was fun and I'm done you
1: know like right even the drums
0: and stuff even the drums and stuff he'll do it and then he's like that was cool that was cool experience I feel like he's gonna be super eclectic and like maybe more romezy around his particular interest um Mm. he's not like sucked up into one particular one yet Um, right but I'm like letting myself be comfortable with that and trying to help other people be comfortable with that like it's not yeah yeah like it's not a loss or there's no like there's no deficit or negativeness right him not being into one particular thing um
1: no no and I think there's so much like societal pressure now to like get kids involved in stuff and like at younger and younger ages Mm -hmm. and this sense of like that they need to be in these things and after school stuff and organized sport and it's like they actually don't need to do that I mean there are benefits to it and if they're into it but if not I don't think it says anything negative about the parents or the kids like everyday life is Probably enough for him. You know what I mean? Like, like I, yeah, I got death. homework
0: <laughs> and I got school. <laughs> he's like, right. I'm done. Like, that is
1: that is a full schedule, you know? Like, on my like, off time, I would like to be off.
0: Yes, exactly. He's like, can we just chill? Like, he'll literally, right. like, on a weekend. I'm like, oh, so he he's like, today I just want to chill. And I'm just like, what is that? I love like, it? I love it. He's like, I love it. Be at home. Or go to the park. Right. Wants to go to the park or go swimming. You know, it's more like free play versus like some organizing. Right. Because he does not. Yeah, he's not into it. (laughs) Yeah,
1: and that's that's like that's legit.
0: I mean, that's what adults do. That's what we like. I mean, that's what I
1: like.
0: I I want more of that. Exactly. (laughs) You can't get it because you're on two football. I mean, basketball (laughs) leagues
1: Exactly. No chill. No chill. Team, no
0: chill over there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have a house full um, of folks of young ones here um, who don't have school this week, and I feel like it's a prime opportunity to talk about why they don't have school because of this holiday, Christmas, mm-hmm. giving, and like what does that mean? And I feel mm-hmm. like you know, there are ways to talk about it and I feel like I've talked to Terrence about it before, but I don't know if I was so clear or articulate. So since you talk about it all the time, would love to hear, you know, how you talk about it with Asa. Yeah.
1: For me it's really important that these kind of conversations happen all the time. And I don't mean all the time, like every day, but just in a sense that it doesn't just come up when Thanksgiving is here. Or it doesn't just come up when like something happens. I really try to create um, a relationship and atmosphere with my son where we're constantly talking about inequality, you know, racism, sexism, homophobia, these um, issues and topics. Mm -hmm. So definitely when Thanksgiving comes, like we're definitely going to talk about it specifically. But I also try to have these kinds of conversations all the time. And I really try to make them like low pressure. Like mm-hmm. I, ne- I don't say, okay, sit down, son. I am now going to tell you about sexism, you know, or tell you about mm-hmm. racism. It's more <laughs> like I look for opportunities to bring it up. For mm-hmm. example, we have a spot that we go to, we both uh, go to the same barber. And so when we're done, we always go to this one spot and have um, these fish tacos at this uh, restaurant. And I happened to notice there's this huge mural on the wall and the mural is basically like, it's like a, looking at kind of the history of the colonization of um, Latin America. Mm. Um, And so once I noticed that, you know, then I took that as an opportunity, like, oh, look, do you see like what they're portraying? You see here, you have the Europeans, the Spaniards, you see, they have their guns. You know, it was showing them basically like holding hostage on indigenous people. And so, you know, like we talked about what it was portraying and what what it was showing and kind of how that history fits into kind of, you know, even what's happening today. Like, well, how did America, the United States become the United States? You know, Mm -hmm. like a very similar thing happened here. So for me, it's really important to just look for those opportunities and just a very casual everyday sense to have these kind of conversations. So then by the time like Thanksgiving comes now, like he's ready for it. He's primed for it. It's not going to like slap him upside the head and be some thing that he's never thought before. He's able to like place it into a larger context of like race relations and racism and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so that's, you know, important for that's, an important element for me is just making sure that it's a low pressure thing and that it's just a a constant conversation
0: how do you connect it to like current events when I'm thinking about right like the Dakota Access Mm -hmm. Pipeline and then like recent exactly like that and some folks are making the connections to like the NFL and like the um the different teams that have the mascots I don't know if he's into football and stuff like that um but like well we're boycotting
1: this year, so you know, there's no football in our house, but mm-hmm. up until this season, you know, we did we, we watched. But we we have talked about um, you know, the protests and you know, he has a Kaepernick jersey <laughs> mm-hmm. and we talked about, you know, why we bought that jersey and what Kaepernick is doing. And the top you know, the conversation that, you know, Kaepernick wants us to have about police brutality and people of color and how they're treated by the police. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you know, I want him to be able to connect all those things to, you know, these larger concepts like racism and white supremacy. Mm-hmm. So that he doesn't think that, oh, they're just these isolated isolated things that are happening, like, no, oh, it's part of this larger kind of issue of race relations. Just yesterday, we were leaving my mom's house, and she lives in Inglewood, a predominantly Black area, and he know he said, oh, mom, there's why is it that there's like, there's so many Black people that live over here, but where we live, you know, there's not as many, and so then that opened up a conversation about race and class and opportunity, and how how much money you make determines where you live, Mm -hmm. and how there's different, um, you know, social services are connected to where you live, and so if it's a low-income area, a lot of times the social services aren't as good as high-income areas. Um, He was noticing the area that my dad lives in had a lot of trash on the ground, and he was like, you know, where we live, there's not a lot of trash. And we live in Culver City and probably like a middle-class neighborhood. My dad lives in a low-income neighborhood. And I said, well, you know, that's part of actually the social services. You know, the city comes around and, you know, they are supposed to keep areas clean, um, public areas. And, you know, where we live, there's more money for the city to do things like that. And then where dad, where Papa lives, there's not as much money. Um, And so those kind of social services don't necessarily happen as often or to the same, you know, same quality as they do in our neighborhood. Mm. And we, and then we actually started talking about just the, the, like how racism can be perpetuated like one generation after the other. So he knows that like, we've been saving to buy a house. Mm -hmm. And he had another friend that their parents were also saving to buy a house. And they were, they've been able to purchase a home already. Mm -hmm. And so we're still saving and they're white. And they told me that part of how they were able to do it was that their parents gave them money, Mm -hmm. right? Helped them with the down payment. Yeah. And so we were talking about that and I was like, you know, we don't, our mommy and daddy's parents, they didn't have the opportunity to purchase a home to get, uh, you know, as much education so they could get good paying jobs that would allow them to, you know, build up money so that they can pass that on to us. I said, mommy and daddy, we have to basically come up with it ourselves. But, you know, so-and-so's parents, their grandparents were able to give them money because they came from an era where it was easier for them to have opportunities, to get more education, to get good jobs. And then they're able to pass that on.
0: Wow, you know, yeah. and I was
1: like, so can you see how racism can actually be like passed from one generation to the next? And he said, yeah, you know, and maybe he did, maybe he didn't. But if you keep having those tiny little conversations like mm-hmm. that, even if they don't get it all the way, you know, the first time you say it, it'll start processing, you know, mm-hmm. little by little. I don't expect him to like be able to lecture on it, but he <laughs> he can get some <laughs> some basic stuff Mm -hmm. you know and I always say like kids understand fair, because sometimes people think like oh my god this is so complicated and it would be so hard for my kids to get this and it's like no kids all kids understand the concept of fairness like if I if their friend gets something and they feel like they deserve it too and they don't get it what are they gonna say that's not fair that's
0: not fair you know
1: exactly (laughs) and I think that's like a any kind of conversation about inequality Mm. Um, for them that that's how you can make it relatable to them is this idea of fairness
0: but in this call right you've already shared the ways that right. you talked to him about colonialism racism classism generational wealth the like the wealth gap that happens between like communities of color and white folks that have the ability to pass on generational wealth Wow. Mm-hmm. So the, and you did it in a way that was age appropriate, um, that actually mm-hmm. allowed Asa to, like, lead the conversations by asking questions. Mm-hmm. That isn't like, okay, everybody sit down, we're going to talk about racism. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, so really um, appreciating the ways that you talked to him about it and the ways that it came up and the ways that you get, use it like personal examples, right? You personalized it.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, right, yeah. right
0: one of the isms that we didn't talk about is like heterosexualism yeah. um, and mm-hmm. heteronormativity and homophobia and even transphobia right. like how do you talk to yeah H- that stuff but you
1: know of course in inter- inter- thinking about intersectionality like you know we also deal with sexism and homophobia and mm-hmm. you know there's these other things you know I've had some of these challenges with my father who's quite a bit older he's 85 he's from the south And so I remember one time he asked Asa, how many girlfriends do you have? And Asa was maybe like five or six or something. And so he's, in his mind, he thought, how many friends do you have that are girls? Right. Right, right. So he starts naming off all of his friends that are girls. And my dad's like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And I said to my dad in front of him, I said, first, that's an inappropriate question to ask a five-year-old. Um, you know, you never asked me how many boyfriends I had. And, and when you did, you weren't doing it in a way to like, if I would have listed off a bunch of boys, you wouldn't have been happy. It would have been the opposite, you know? And I said, and we don't know, you know, his sexual orientation. We don't know if he likes boys or girls, you know? So, and it's, it's up to him. And Ace was like, yeah, it's up to me, you know? And my dad was <laughs> like, well, whatever. I'm not going to touch that and i was like yeah good then just don't say nothing right well <laughs> you got Great. you got off
0: easy <laughs> right exactly With the, i'm not gonna touch that cuz ooh i could imagine i can imagine yeah. folks won't touch it but they will still say something and not touch it because yeah you know, we've had the conversations about sexism and that just led right. to a conversation about sex and i was like oh we're talking about sex okay I absolutely in that conversation it wasn't <laughs> wasn't yeah <right. laughs>
1: And again, I just look for these opportunities, you know, to talk about stuff that isn't necessarily getting, okay, now Asa, sit down so we can talk about sex. You know right, what I mean? No, I
0: wasn't ready. I fell into that one because someone kept saying that's so gay in a, like, oh, radical okay. way. And so, and then Araya was like, well, Terrence, do you know what gay means? And then Terrence was like, mm. yeah, it means like something is weird because or that right and I was like mm-hmm. how did you get that and he's like because people always say that's so gay when they're talking bad right. and I was the like power oh, of language right? and I was like yeah oh, shit, right and so i yeah I don't know I fumbled and fell because I went mm-hmm. I think exactly. I went too theoretical right and I had oh, to like make okay. these comparisons right to be like yeah that's like somebody yeah. saying like that's so black but using black as a negative word right like
1: right it's a right derogatory
0: word and like people are trying to put down a group of people who love yeah you know? and he was just yeah. like so that it was like racism then sexism and then I was right. like you get the distinction and he's like mm, not really and then he just stopped and was like well, right. why do you keep saying sex and I was like I'm saying sexism and he's like yeah but in Uh, sexism is sex and so he's like I was like wait do you want to talk about sex now and so like that car ride became like gay racism sexism sex (laughs) (laughs) and it was just like I love it yeah it was it right was, and then you know we were both trapped in the car because we were going somewhere and I can't see your facial expressions because I'm right, expressions. right right
1: right so it
0: was, uh, it, was yeah. uh, it was, an interesting conversation but how, yeah. have you, how have you had it with your expertise <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, we've, right I mean
1: we I've talked about sex with Asa since forever right and all different kind of facets of it I mean I remember, you know, he was maybe like three or four or something like that. And he was like humping me. We were like laying in the bed and he's humping me and he has an erection, you know, so this obviously he's having this sexual experience. And I was like, dude, I was like, you cannot hump mommy. And he was like, what? And I was like, look, I know it feels good, but, and you are allowed to make yourself feel good in that way. You can use, you know. You can you in your penis, you can feel good, but it's not appropriate. You can't do that with mommy. And he was like, For real? Life? Like And I was what? like, Yeah, that is a boundary. That is a line. He's like, oh, okay. Um, so and I always if we talk about sex, like I always um I try to not be heterosexist. I would talk about, okay, right heterosexual, but homosexual, also bisexual, asexual, you know, and for me, it's a little bit easier because my mom is a lesbian. So he just grew up with a lesbian grandma. So he didn't necessarily only see like heterosexuality, and then take that as the norm, because he has um, a grandma who's a lesbian who's been in a relationship. And, you know, those are his grandmas. Um, So that, you know, made it made it easier. And I think, that's the benefit too, you know, of having diverse friends, right? Or even just people in your life, so that your child is exposed to just different folks. So, you know, it's just it's just normal. The human diversity is normal in terms of like orientation or race or mm-hmm. gender expression. Um, mm-hmm. You know, any of those kinds of things. There's a few people in his life who are trans and so it just made the conversation way easier because he knows trans people Mm -hmm. right and talking about like you know you need to call you call people by how they feel not just assume based on how they look Mm -hmm. and so if they're telling you you know you refer to them as he him then that's what you refer to them because what you respect is how they identify how they see themselves not how you see them or how what you you assume so mm-hmm. it made the, it makes the conversation, because that can be very theoretical, right? And like, mm-hmm. well, what does that mean in trans? But it's like, oh, oh, you mean trans like, you know, Tina. Oh, okay, she's trans. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not outing anybody. I mean, this is someone who is very open about their transition, and AC is seeing the transition. Um, mm-hmm. And so it makes, it takes it from being something theoretical to just, it's real, it's life, it's people,
0: um, yeah. you know? No, that's so true. Because after that long ass car ride <laughs> with Terrence, it took me like actually just me like naming right. a lesbian couple in our family.
1: Right, and he's like, right. Oh, right. and I was oh, like, that oh, right. Okay.
0: And he's like, yeah, it's fine by me. <laughs> I was like, exactly. right, I was right. Like, that is what that is. And he's like, oh, and he's like looking at me like, why did we just spend thirty minutes about this when you said
1: exactly. Why you didn't <laughs> <just> say that? <laughs> why didn't name these
0: people that I know? Right, and so. <laughs> and we have to be in community yeah with folks right and I think it's equivalent exactly. to like like white folks wanting to talk to their kids about racism but exactly. then they don't have any black friends in their lives so hello like, mm, you can't really talk mm-hmm. about this and so exactly. equally like, you know, cisgender hetero folks, like having, mm-hmm. having gender nonconforming or non-binary folks right. or trans folks or, you know, LGBTQ folks in our lives
1: exactly. um, actually exactly.
0: makes it more realistic than just like talking mm-hmm. about groups of people as if they're like this monolith you know
1: exactly like and then it
0: also leads to like othering and like that's not mm-hmm. helpful there because then there's like all this like you know extra awareness right. of the other
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, that was the car ride from hell but yeah it was, like, it was a deep that sounds ride. tough yeah and then ariah yeah. was ariah was in the front seat with me right and she would look at me she's like you are overcomplicating this right <laughs> right like, yeah, hey, yeah i know i am i can feel myself it. Right. this is not making sense you
1: know i get it I get, I mean, parenting is all about getting it wrong most of the time, right? I mean, Mm. I get it wrong a lot and I will overcomplicate things. And especially because these are things that I teach, you know, so
0: I can get really,
1: yeah, theoretical and complicated with it. And so I'm always constantly, you know, reminding myself, like, keep it simple, stupid. (laughs) Yeah. And so the the conversation (laughs) that I have about stuff now he's almost nine, is different than the conversation we had when he was five, when he was six, mm-hmm. you know, and it's so, it's about, you know, gauging and just, you know, knowing your child and knowing what they can understand and and, and what examples will work for them and what parallels you can draw, you know, to mm-hmm. for it to click and make sense in their own head. Um, but also, I, I use I use material too. Like there's a really great book called sex is a funny word and it's a book about sex for kids, but it's also like, it's broken down so that like, it's not a book you would just sit with them and read from cover to cover. Like there are, you know, the first couple chapters is for younger kids. And then there's some other stuff. It's like, mm, I should probably wait a little bit. They're not gonna be able to really get this until a little later. So it's a book really to use like for years, really. Mm. Um, Someone recommended and, that
0: book and I couldn't remember the title. So thanks for Oh, it. there it is.
1: Yeah, it's so it's- open. It's very sex positive. It's not heterosexist at all. It takes diversity really as the norm in terms of sexuality, Um, you know, and it's just a a really great resource. There's also lots, you know, full circle going back to Thanksgiving. I remember I came across um, a short video on what Thanksgiving means to Native Americans, and it's Mm -hmm. these young um, indigenous women sitting around a Thanksgiving table, and they're talking about what the holiday means to them. I remember showing him that because I also want to make sure that like, I'm not speaking for folks, too. Like, I'm, I am I want to give him the perspective to be able to understand people and their experiences and then, like, expose him, you know, to folks talking about their own experiences, um, you know, and hopefully he has the perspective to be able to hear. We talk about allyship all the time mm. and how, like, his privilege as a boy, um, one time he had a, he was in a hamster buddy club, right? At school. Hmm. He's like, oh, I'm in the hamster buddy. They ain't got no hamster. I don't know why. I was was like, do y'all talk about hamsters? He was like, no. But for whatever reason, because kids are weird, right? Mm -hmm. And so I said, oh, well, who's in the club? And he named off everybody. And I noticed that they were all boys. And I said, well, are there any girls in the hamster buddy club? And he said, no. I said, well, why don't you think there are any girls in the club? And he was like, I don't really know. Like, you know, John is the, you know, the leader of the club and he's the one that determines, you know, you can be in it or not. And I said, well, do you think it's fair that there are no girls in the club? Like maybe girls want to be in the club. And, you know, he thought about it and I said, well, you know, this might be a chance for you to use your um, privilege as a boy, you know, cause obviously this John is picking boys, use your privilege to make things fair for girls Mm -hmm. and, you know, just kind of left it there. And I remember a few days or maybe a week later, he came back and he was so happy because there was a girl in the hamster buddy club and that he had invited her in and, you know, said that, you know, you know, we need to have girls and boys in the club, you know? Um, And so we talk about, you know, allyship and using your privilege for good um, mm-hmm. And you know, having him recognize his privilege as a boy, um, and making and telling that like telling him he has a responsibility, basically, mm-hmm. you know. I and we it. draw that parallel like with white people, you know, and racism. Don't you want them to speak up? Like, if someone treated you differently because of your race, like, wouldn't it be important for if they were white for other white people? to let them know that that wasn't okay, you know? I
0: like that. I'm going to have to talk to Taryn about allyship, especially as privileged as a, as a boy. Mm-hmm. I really like that. So in your story, you're yeah. talking about, like, living in Culver City and, like, Asa acknowledging mm-hmm. or realizing or having an awareness around, like, the number of um, Black folks in Inglewood where his grandma lives um, and also the number of black folks um, in Culver City. And I remember mm-hmm. you were talking about like the impact of him going to a school um, that is diverse, right? But um,
1: that,
0: no, that, no, okay, not, <laughs> not
1: really. No. I, feel like,
0: I feel like I use diverse with the little, you know, quotations because right, right, parents right. go to a school in Orange County that is, quote unquote, diverse. Um, like mm-hmm. it has a mixture but really when you look at the numbers like the number of um, black folks is low like diverse meaning like there's, right, right. there's um, you know Southeast Asian there's API folks there's you know mm-hmm. there's like a mixture of folks making it diverse right. so when you look at the numbers it's really not like an equitable distribution of, of folks of color right. communities of color and so um, I remember sharing some experiences that I have with about Terrence um, realizing that he wasn't that he was different and wanting to, like, white skin. And I remember you telling me a story about Asa. So, like, I would love to hear about, like, how that, like, living in that particular community has had an impact and how you talk to him about his own experiences as a a young Black boy in that space.
1: Yeah. So I remember one story that probably told you, you know, most of his friends are not Black, you know, especially his school friends. And, a lot, and most of them are white. And so um, one day he said that he wanted he wanted hair that flopped around, right? He was like, you know, all my friends, they run and their hair flops, you know? And I was like, well, you don't have that kind of hair. You know what I mean? I was like, our hair is strong. Our hair is not moving, you know?
0: What I mean?
1: <laughs> and uh, he was like, yes, yeah, right. It is strength, okay? He's like, yeah, but I want it like when I'm running it, to flop around. And I said, okay, well... You know, if you just grow your hair out, it's not going to do that. But if we, if you get dreadlocks, then the dreadlocks, will, they'll flop around. They'll do the same thing. He's like, okay. And so, you know, now he's got these long dreadlocks that do exactly what he wants, <laughs> which was <laughs> to flop around. But, um, you know, we, he uh, hasn't had any issues up to this point in terms of him being, um you know, him feeling like he's being treated differently because of his race, um, but we have, we do have conversations just about the fact that, you know, there aren't a lot of Black kids at that school, and why is that, you know, and so, um, you know, we talk about the neighborhood makeup, you know, that there's just, there's not a lot of Black people in that area, um, and so that's one of the reasons why there's not a lot of Black kids in the school, and then again, thinking about well, why aren't there a lot of Black people in this area, but in other areas there are, and, you know, connecting that back to class and how where you live is determined by what you can afford, and, you know, if we know that people of color um, have less opportunity to make money um, or to make more money relative to whites, then that's going to help determine where people live, determines where people go to school right et cetera, et cetera. so um you know up to this point he hasn't had any any issues with feeling like he's being treated differently but he's definitely noticed you know that he's one of only a few you know black kids always like in his class um or at his school
0: yeah i feel the same uh, that resonates I feels similar to how um terence experience was right it's like an awareness yeah. and acknowledgement of like oh wait mm-hmm. there's not that many of us um and mm-hmm. being hyper vigilant about like finding those few that are there to be friends mm-hmm. uh, yes
1: yeah i mean some a lot of time. so he's in the third grade and up to this point you know it's been pretty much like two three other black kids in the class um and sometimes they jive and sometimes they don't. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes it's someone that he has like things in common with. Um and then sometimes it's not. And he has more in common, you know, with um some of the white kids in the class. So um, you know, I I make an effort to make sure that like, you know, he is aware that he is black and he is aware of all the awesomeness that, that means. Um But, you know, he goes to a school where there's just not a lot of black kids. So, you know, chances are if it's only two, three in your class, you just, you know, those might not be the ones that you end up making friendships with. Um, And he has like, you know, his best friend who is a kid of color. He's, He's mixed from a mixed background. Um... But, you know, he's got tons of white friends, too. Like, you know, his mm-hmm. birthday picture is like he's a little brown one and a little, little brown dot. And it's, <laughs> you know, mostly white kids because that's, you know, that's his friends because that's the reflection of, you know, the school he goes to.
0: Yeah. No, yeah, that, that resonates. Well, actually, no. Yeah. That, that's not Terrence's birthday because... <laughs> he only wants
1: family takes over my family
0: is huge (laughs) and he only like wants to invite one or two friends like Filipino Mm -hmm. and Hawaiian and so like that's who he's clicked with those are that he wants to invite but yeah family dominates the pictures (laughs) Um, and I was wondering that's the other thing that someone has recommended to me it's just like you know if your child is at a school where they don't see themselves then you figure out ways to put them in communities like to have friendships outside of school or into different Mm -hmm, programs mm -hmm. where they do have a reflection (laughs) of themselves. Um, Are any of those other kind of, well, he's in all these basketball leagues, he don't have time, (laughs) but are there other spaces where you find um, more communities where he can um, see himself reflected, whether it be in the leadership or in the other families or the other participants? Right.
1: Well, um, definitely with his, you know, his friendships, with folks outside of the school are mostly um with black kids and it's a lot of you know like us like we're friends um and we have kids so you know our kids will get together Mm -hmm. so yeah outside of the school he definitely had most of his friends are um black or you know other folks of color basically really based on like my friendships with other people and um their kids um, you would think that he'd have a lot of, um, you know, more black friends through basketball, but it's interesting because both of the leagues that he's in, it's actually, he's a one, well, in the YMCA, I think there's two other black kids on the team. Um, and then this other league that we're in, is like, it's like a paid league. And mm-hmm. um, with that one, he's the only black kid. So, um so yeah, outside of school, you know, I definitely make an effort to make sure that you know he has friendships with with black kids and kids of color, because although now he hasn't had any you know direct issues in terms of his race, um, you know, chances are that is down the road, um, and so I want to make sure that he has folks that are his peers too that you know he can talk to me, but also friend friendships that he's developed with folks um that he can use to you know push him through those kinds of experiences
0: hearing you say like you want ASA to have a community of black folks so that when he's growing up, he can have peers that he can turn to and relate to about the ways right. that racism and classism and all of that is going to impact his life and so I think about us yeah. as parents having a community but also our kids being able to be in community. Right. With um, I right. remember you made a call for a group on social media, Mothers of Black Boys. You created Mob on Facebook. Yeah. And then. Which
1: is totally defunct now. You know,
0: no shade about Mob. Like, right? Parent of Liberation has been, you know, I've been doing the podcast and the workbook. Yeah. Um, but we gathered last year for Black Friday. Um, Parents right. of Liberation hosted an event, and we're not hosting one the, the day after Thanksgiving this year. But just thinking about like how can we and how do we create community space for parents mm-hmm. who are raising Black children because it is a particular impact that all of these right. multiple intersectional oppressions have on us. So, what were your hopes with Mob, and do you have kind of insights about our Black Friday gathering?
1: Well, the hope behind it, why I created it, was because there is a particular need for parents of color to have other parents of color that they can lean on, that they can talk to about the particular, you know, challenges that come along with raising kids of color in a racist society, you know? So I think, you know, things like what you're doing, right, with the podcast and the event you put on, um, I think that's necessary. And I think for me, like, it's important for me on the micro level to have those to have relationships with other parents of color that I can talk to about the experience of being a parent of color. I also lean on my mom a lot um, because she went through it all right and she's still a parent right now even though her kids are grown Um, but I, I find you know, that there's a lot of wisdom in the generation, you know, before us that has the, the same experience and in some ways even more challenges than what we, um, have, we have today. So I also try to lean on, you know, older folks in my family, especially my mom and talk with them about, you know, what were the things that worked, what were the things that didn't work, um, And, you know, use that with my own parenting and having very open conversations, like, you know, with my husband about it. And, you know, parenting is something that we do, we live it, but we also talk about it a lot. Like, you know, we almost have like debriefs um, about, you know, what kind of is going on with Asa and, you Mm -hmm. know, what we think we need to do or not do. Um, And so I think having that kind of parent, a partner for a parent. And mm-hmm. having those conversations is also really important, um, or has been important for me as
0: well. Yeah, that's necessary. We got to have a squad, right? And if that mm-hmm. if that person is not, you know, in your home with you, you're not co-parenting with someone, right? Like, you need a squad. Right. I, feel like, I feel like I have a village, um, right, with yeah. parents and the grandparents and the pawpaws and the grannies and the, exactly. my husband and his father. Sometimes the village mm-hmm. is not all on the same page, you know, that's when right, it becomes right. very complicated when sure. you know, you're making choices that you feel are in the best interest and they might conflict with other people's opinions or beliefs mm-hmm. and then it's a whole nother situation. But
1: right, yeah, right.
0: when it works, it works. It's
1: a, <laughs> it's a, right. And it is a village, but it's also like you're the village leader when it comes to your own kid.
0: Yes, I'm so grateful that you are in my sisterhood of motherhood um yes,
1: and that we so. have each other,
0: yeah, and just love to like have these conversations with you because you are the shit and <laughs> oh
1: well it takes it takes shit to recognize shit. so <laughs> I
0: sometimes came... we are some shitty asses. and <laughs> no no
1: I mean you're definitely a I mean you're a huge part of who I would consider part of my tribe and village and we've had so many conversations you know about things over the years that have really had a huge impact on me as a parent as a Black woman, as a Black woman, as a parent, right? So, Mm -hmm. you know, definitely the, the things that we talked about in terms of having that village and community, you know, is key.
0: I really appreciate you and love you and sending you and Asa and the whole fam much love and appreciation. Yes.
1: Same here. Same here. Love you, love you, love you. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. All right. Bye.